Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains, where we talk about your adventure travels from backpacking to expeditions. I'm your host Chris, and today we welcome Erlen and Johannes from Outdoor Life Norway. We talk about Preikstolen today, uh, Sherag Bolton is in another episode which comes out on Saturday, or if you're listening in the future you can jump straight to it after this. But we talk about the history, the geology, we talk about the gear you need to take, the difficulty, uh, talk about the route, and it was just a great time to have them on. I used these guys in November of last year and I reached out to them and said, listen, I'm doing a podcast on this anyway. Would you like to come on and talk about it rather than me waffling on for a while? And they said, by all means, they'll come on. So it was a pleasure to have them on the show. They picked me up in November last year from my Airbnb, gave me coffee. So they're straight away in the good books. And we got on the then ferry, but today it would be uh, one of the longest, if not the longest, underground, undersea tunnel. Uh, to the site. It takes about 45 minutes to get there and it's about a two and a half, two hour hike to the top depending on how fit you are and getting down is about half an hour, uh, I say about half an hour less than however long it took you to get up there. So I do hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'd also like to apologize in advance for the audio quality. It's not what I usually strive for uh, and something was going on with Skype at the time. You can still hear what we're saying though, and I've done my best to get rid of the fuzz. It starts off a little bit worse, but bear with it, it gets a bit better afterwards. But you can hear what we're saying, you can hear the fantastic information they're sharing, so I do hope you enjoy it. Bear with the audio. And if you do enjoy the podcast, then please feel free to subscribe or share it with your friends. But in the meantime, let's just get straight into it. So hello, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We welcome Ellen and Johannes from hello. Outdoor Life Norway, hello. who are a company I used um, in November of 2019 to do Preg Stoland, uh, actually with my mum. And uh, yeah, the service was fantastic. So it's a really ple- it's a great pleasure to have you here today talking about Preg Stoland. Uh, how, how are you both doing today? I'm I think doing you did great. Very well. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So there's... um. I suppose we should just jump straight into it. So you you guys have brilliant experience. So Johannes, you're, you're, you started Outdoor Life Norway, right? Yeah, correct. I started uh, the company in uh, autumn 2014. And uh, Erlen, uh, who is with us, uh, was the first guide I hired in January 2016. Yeah, so we're in our sixth uh, season uh, right now. I used a few months testing a lot of tours around uh, the Lucifjord and, of course, Legaton was the very first one we uh, we guided to. Perfect. Yeah, and and, and Ellen, uh, you are you've got a lot of hikes. How many bike stolen hikes have you done? Uh, I've done around five hundred and fifty or so uh, hikes to bike So I know the I know the way. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So as far as an overview, so for anyone listening who maybe has just clipped this podcast because they, they just like Norway and they haven't quite heard of what Pike Stolen is, uh, give us a background. What is what is that place? What is the, the what are the views like? And what's the history? Yeah, uh, I mean, um, if, if it's me you're asking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, Stolen is this uh, massive cliff uh, rock face that's uh, uh, sort of um, it's uh, on the side of Lusefjorden, which is uh, not the longest fjord or the the deepest uh, maybe, but it's 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 a very 
very nice to look at. Plakistorn uh, itself was formed uh, about 10,000 years ago. Um, uh, it's it's uh, formed by glaciers. There's been multiple uh, small ice ages in Norway, and um, the last one, 10,000 years ago, created Plakistorn. Um, so, um, yeah. And for those wondering, a, a fjord is uh, oh, glacial yeah, movement, yeah. right? Sorry? Glacial movement. Well, a fjord is, is formed by glacial uh, movement, yeah. It's, uh, so essentially, uh, there are uh, valleys and, and, uh, and uh, different forms of valleys have different uh, geological uh, reasons for, for forming. Uh, a, a, a fjord is when uh, glaciers have sort of uh, worked their way uh, down eroding uh, the mountain and um, sort of formed a, a, a valley uh, out of it because um, uh, the ice will sort of work away at, at the mountain and create uh, weaknesses and these weaknesses will uh, will uh, you know give way and allow the ice to sink down more and, and work through it more so it's and and then it pushes down along uh, the trough it creates for itself so it's sort of like a, like sandpaper working way uh, working away down uh, uh, creating a deeper and deeper valley and the way you can spot that it's formed by glaciers and not a river for example is that it, the, the valley is is uh, u-shaped rather than v-shaped uh, water is very lazy so it creates a, a v-shape uh, digs at the at the very bottom whereas a glacier is this massive formation of ice that just powers through and scrapes up and, and picks up rocks that it breaks up and uses those rocks as as more you know erosion uh, a, a way to erode the the mountain further so you get this deeper and deeper u-shaped valley uh, and there are u-shaped valleys that are above water and they are just valleys u-shaped valleys but if they are connected to the ocean um, currently then they become fjords and fjord is an old norse word uh, derives from terda, which means to travel through. Um, yeah, so it's it's, uh, it's it's based on that. So that, that's what a fjord is, basically. That's really fascinating. I didn't realize that the U and the V stance. Yeah. <laughs> For me, as a, as I'm into this, but I know nothing. That's, that's yeah, yeah, really yeah. fascinating. <laughs> and Prykestolen, it's quite high up, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it in the grand scheme of things, there are lots of high places in the world, but the the fa the, the thing that makes Pekestulun so interesting and, and fascinating is that it's a sheer drop from 600 meters, or 604 officially, down to uh, sea level. So it, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a long drop and a dramatic one. And uh, then the, the fjord itself is about uh, 400 meters deep at that spot. So if you drained away all the oceans of the world, you would be standing one kilometer above uh, the bottom of the valley uh, of of uh, of the fjord, so it's 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 quite quite a spot. Yeah, yeah, and it's a beautiful view from the top as well. Uh, yeah. Not that we not that we endorse this, but I personally chose to sit on the edge, um, mm -hmm. and I, I was there for a few seconds. Uh, the, the guide managed to get a photo of me because I bought the the photograph package, mm -hmm. um, and then I was like, nope, <laughs> just like, push myself away. <laughs> First yeah. is definitely kicking in, but but definitely yeah, yeah. do that on your on your own accord. <laughs> it, it's, no, when uh, we uh, when we approach the edge, we we 
we we show guests how to do this in a safe way and mm. our approach is that we we lay on our belly and then yes. crawl to do towards the edge and those who dare can watch over the edge and that's uh, for 99 percent of people that's more than more than enough uh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure it's, yeah uh, it's and, good and it's it's a, if you're traveling with somebody honestly it's worse for the other person because you may feel that you're in control but the other person doesn't know how much in control you actually are for sure. so it's much worse for the people you know and also the guide to do you know a lot of you know exciting stuff on the edge it's uh so yeah it's a bit like being a passenger in a car isn't it you you the driver may know what what how good they are at driving but you don't fully know how good they are at driving so yeah yeah mm. perfect so it's it's been formed a long time ago um there is a crack going down there i only ask this because i know that a lot of people do wonder uh, is Preikstolen going to fall at any point? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we do get that question a lot, and uh, our answer is that uh, nothing lasts forever. I mean, someday it'll it'll fall down. Um, last uh, year in 2019, they, they did a geological uh, 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 exploration of the, of the of the crack, and they. Uh, they concluded that there was nothing moving moving at this moment. That so in our time, our lifetime, uh, it will not uh, fall down. So it's uh, it's safe to stand on. Um, uh, yeah, I, but someday I read, it will. <laughs> I read on the I think it was the board, the tourist board at the bottom of the hike, that something uh, some insane amount of years, like tens of thousands of years, before it's due to fall down or something. Uh, is that is that am I remembering that correctly? Well, we won't live that long to to prove no. that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really, really old guy. Very, very yes, I want my Yeah, but it's it's very interesting. I mean, if you look at the at the rock itself, it's very square, and it it actually consists of three former cracks uh, that have collapsed in the past. So um, the mountains around the Lucifer are full of cracks, and water is still. Uh, Penetrating these cracks and, and form, forming ice in winter and then expanding the, in the cracks. So there's there's rockfall along the fjord uh, every spring, especially in, in 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 spring. And so these three sides of Breikstone were former cracks that became big enough to one side uh, to give way. Um, and that will happen with the with the fourth crack going through Breikstone as well. Some some day in the, in the future. Legend says that it will happen on the day when when seven brothers marry seven sisters and will row through the fjord. Um, but um, <laughs> that's that very, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, that's up that's up there with the scientific ex exploration. I think I, I'm a bit unsure which is going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So yeah, it's, it's rivaling going? rivaling schools of thought there. Yeah. <laughs> so going into um, Going into the hike, what gear do I need to bring? And crucially, you guys offer this guided hike to, to the top. What gear can you provide me as well? Mm -hmm. um, well, it's a, in Norway, we say it's a moderate hike. Uh, in, uh, if you don't have any hiking experience, it's moderate to, to difficult hike, I would say. Um, you need to, to come prepared. Um, good boots are a must it will provide you with good ankle support and, and grip on the on the rock surfaces there's a lot of uh, 
bare granite you'll be walking on, especially when it's a wet that can be can be slippery and some parts are muddy too, so it's nice to keep your feet uh, dry. Um, hiking pants and jackets, uh, waterproof, uh, so that you keep dry uh, when it's uh, rainy. And then base layers can be nice when it when you are visiting in the uh, autumn, spring, and and winter. Long jumps from October to March, April, if it's cold in April. Um, a good wooden base layer, like the one I'm wearing now, is very nice to, to use. Uh, wool keeps you warm, even though you are wet, so that's nice. Then have a backpack with you with uh, a fleece, uh, some snacks, uh, water, and, and a hat and, uh, and gloves uh, can be nice to, to have uh, with you. Um, for our guests, we, we also provide hiking poles um, because it's, uh, from time to time it's unsteady terrain and when it's snowy and icy it's nice to have some extra su support mm, and if you don't have good boots uh, or rainproof uh, pants and, and, and jackets that's something that you can uh, that you can rent uh, with us. Yeah. Perfect. I think uh to, to add to that, I did the hike in November and it was snowy and icy. Um, mm. And for me, uh, I'm, I'm fairly fit and able, so I didn't use the poles going up on the hike for me. Um, I was able to use the spikes you guys provided for, for the ice to get enough grip. Mm. Um, yep. And I'd done Trolltunga the day before, so, um, so I, I was already fairly in tune with my balance. Um, but on the <laughs> way down, I definitely used the poles just because... It just takes so much pressure off my knees when I'm when I'm descending because some of those descents um, are what, moderately tricky, but it's just that they're quite steep. So, mm. yeah, the poles yeah. are handy. Thank you for giving me those. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. We we see that that guests using poles actually watch where they're putting their feet, and all our guides also use them um, since they're hiking pretty much every day. Um, to to make sure that they don't ruin their their knees and uh, as you say it's it, especially on the way down actually yeah. Yeah. perfect yeah. so let's talk about the route then um, I, I distinctly remember the the two D profile picture on the on the tourist board <laughs> showing the route but for those yeah. of us who haven't done it or, or want to know talk us through the route then right from the start until we get to that beautiful point at the top. All right. Uh, I guess that's me then. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, at the parking lot, there's, uh, you know, there's facilities you can use the restroom. There's, um, you know, uh, cafes and uh, and um, uh, restaurant style. Um, uh, well, a restaurant in a, in a hotel uh, style uh, uh, lodge, the mountain lodge. Um and uh, you start basically from the parking lot there, and, and you you walk up the first hill, and that's that's sort of it's gravel uh, in the beginning. It's 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 kind of tough to start off with because uh, you're not warmed up yet, so it's it's a bit of a rough sort of sudden start. Suddenly you're walking up this quite steep incline. It's not very long, but it can take the wind out of you, and it can be a little bit unmotivating to, or, or demotivating to to start right off. Or, with that hill and you think oh my goodness it's going to be like this the whole way uh, so but but luckily it's quite short so you finish that and and uh, you're already uh, walking a little bit on on rock steps by the end of that hill and you that sort of 
that's mostly what the, the hike is. It's rock steps uh, built by Sherpas from Nepal. Um, they, they've made those. Uh, but when you finish the first hill there, you, you have uh, a viewpoint so you can you know, check out how, how high you climbed right away and uh, feel a little bit of accomplishment uh, from doing that. Uh, and then uh, it's flat for a while. You, you walk through a, a forest, a pine forest, um, and, and um, a little bit of a, uh, a, a decline to a swamp. Uh, you walk through a, 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 a wetlands, but you walk on, on a boardwalk, so you won't, be, you won't be in the water. You're walking on top of it, uh, unless it has rained heavily and there's been a lot of snowmelt then it can be quite wet in the in the swamp, <laughs> and then you could actually be up to your knees in in water there. At least for the current uh, boardwalk as it is now, there is talk of upgrading it. Um, so it depends on when you go. <laughs> uh, anything you want to add to that, uh, Johannes? No. Well, what I like when you've come up the first hill and walking through the pine forest are the views as well. Um, so when you look back, you can on clear days you can see. Um, Stavanger uh, in the background. Uh, most people use Stavanger as their uh, as a uh, destination, or they they fly into Stavanger and then travel from from Stavanger to different places. So it's nice to be able to to see the city in the background uh, with the North Sea be behind them, and then below you you can see um, yeah where you started hikes to Mount Lodge uh, alongside. Uh, or along the Restwagner Lake below you, and that, that's really, uh, really beautiful. So it's a, uh, it's a bit of a boom start, but uh, but beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, I also forgot that there is a, a second hill before you get to the swamp, um, but uh, you, uh, uh, you you climb up as well. The, the nice thing about the the it's sort of the first half is where you do most of the climbing, and but the nice thing is that after every hill you have quite a considerable flat section that you can. That you can, uh, uh, you know, catch your breath uh, on. When you get to the end of the swamp, uh, you um, you get to the, the the biggest hill of the hike, at, uh, hill number three, as we call it. Um, <laughs> original name, but uh, there you go. It's a it's it's a long, <laughs> steep climb. So physically, that that is the hardest hill to do. Uh, psychologically, maybe the first hill, uh, one at the start, is is the is the most difficult, but. Uh, Physically, the third hill is it's long and it's quite steep, and it's 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 got some. It, it, you get exhausted uh, even if you're in not too bad a shape. Um, but the nice thing is that when you finish that hill, you get your last view of Stavanger, and uh, you uh, you are halfway to Pekestul, and so you've done two kilometers then. And uh, the the last half is much more easy. It's it's uh, it's much more flat, and uh, when you get to the top of the hill there, you you turn away from Stavanger and you look towards the mountains, uh, towards the south, and uh, you get your first view, hopefully weather permitting, of of, uh, of the mountains and a little glimpse of the fjord there. And um, you then have the option of either continuing to Prekesturen or going around the whole the whole fjord. Uh, that's 100 kilometers to walk instead of eight <laughs> so it's it's up to you how much time you you have and how much luggage you have with you um but yeah after after the second uh, after the uh, when you get to the second half then it's quite quite clear sailing uh you 
a little bit up and down, and, and you get to some uh, nice little lakes uh, that are there. There's uh, an emergency cabin there as well. If you're in trouble the last kilometer or so of the hike before the top, there is an emergency uh, uh, cabin you can gain entry into if you need to. Um, it's locked, so you need to actually be in an emergency. Call the emergency number, 113, uh, and they will give you the code to get in to, to stay sheltered until rescue arrives. Yeah, only in emergencies. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of guests that are uh, asking us if it's possible to uh, spend the night uh, along the trail, but there are, there are no... There are no cabins as such that you can use uh, freely. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> so have said yeah. that. Only thing I'd add to, to the route is that, so I mentioned earlier, I'm you know, fit and able, uh, and I, I did the hike uh, and really, really enjoyed it. But also, I took my mum on this hike. And my mum goes running uh, during the week, uh, but this was her first hike. And yes, we were a bit slower. And yes, that first hill psychologically knocked her a bit. Um, <laughs> but um, but she did the hike and she loved it. And we completed just fine, no injuries. So um, so it's, it's, if you're listening, whether you're you know, a, a 20-year-old athlete or you know um, just just like to move around a bit, and you're you know my mum isn't this old, but let's say you know you're, you're quite older. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, while well, she listens. <laughs> Um, um, you know, anyone can do the hike as long as, like you said, as long as you're just, you know, you're you're up for a bit of a challenge, I think, and you listen to the yeah. guide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's difficult to know. Uh, like, it's it, it's difficult to create a sort of general recommendation. But uh, yeah, if you've if you've done a little bit of a walk before, if you like uh, bicycling, for example, you know, if you're in if you're in reasonably good shape then then it, it's an it's a family hike basically that's it's a nice gentle family hike yeah yeah perfect so in summary then like you said a nice family hike you've got a beautiful view at the top um it can get busy in the summer it can get wonderfully quiet in the winter i think <clears throat> um yes. but i suppose just uh before we wrap up is there anything else you want to say on on the route and the location at all uh, there is one thing about if you know if you're afraid of heights, then the last little stretch of 150 meters or so, there's you are near a, the, the edge of the fjord. Um, I've had lots of people who are very nervous about hike, heights, and uh, and I have had had some that are quite afraid of heights. Uh, what I usually say is that I'm, I don't consider fear of heights a phobia. It's just a reasonable. <laughs> you're supposed yeah. to be afraid of heights, and. <laughs> The, the cliff's edge is reasonably far away. Um, what makes a lot of people feel better is if, if uh, the one you're traveling with, if you don't, if you're not traveling with a guide, if you're traveling alone then, uh, or with someone, you can have them walk on the outside of you. There's room enough for that, uh, and then you can walk on the inside, and, and that, that helps a little bit. And, the, and then generally just focus on stuff that's near you instead of looking out over the edge. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but it's only the last little bit um, of the hike that, that has any sort of uh, real uh, sort of drop-off that's, 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 that can be quite uh, nerve-wracking for some people. So, 
Yeah, Johannes, go there are a lot of yeah, there are a lot of descriptions on 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 the internet, and and some people will say, oh, it's, it's very easy, and they're often experienced hikers, and there's a lot of people uh, that have written on the internet, oh, it's very hard, and, and I found it very difficult, especially third hill, and and all that. So for people that haven't been to Norway, haven't done the hike, and only rely on 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 those. Uh, uh, written reviews uh, online often get confused because there's like two different uh, sites but it depends a little bit on, on whether or not you're in general good, good shape if you have some hiking experience it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a doable hike that yes gets you tired but gives you a good feeling afterwards if you've never been hiking before it will be it will be a challenge but our approach to all this is that if you are uncertain about your own hiking skills um, if you are afraid of height, uh, if you have any questions about the, the difficulty, uh, just pop us an email uh, prior to, to the hike and we'll be able to, to, to help you with, uh, with uh, some more detailed uh, information. Uh, when you look at the figures, uh, it's less than 1% of our guests that uh, that uh, won't make it to to the top and the first hill is is it's not very long it's only 10 minutes but it's very very steep so uh, if you can't make it to the top it will be obvious at the very early stage of of the hike and then people are happy most of them are very happy to just turn uh, turn around at the lodge you have a beautiful view over restaurant and lake and people can spend a few hours hours there or uh, go canoeing on the on, on the lake or just go for for an easier easier uh, walk uh, yeah yeah i think one final note to, to mention about fitness as well i think is um so, so I, I, as you've sort of indicated most people who do it uh, can can do the hike but the more shape you're in the more enjoyable it'll be which I yeah. think goes goes for nearly every single mountain <laughs> in the world. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course, and, and and with that, we also we are there to help people. We are there to encourage uh, people, uh, unless it is obvious that it could be very dangerous. But in most cases, we have a very very nice day <laughs> enjoying enjoying ourselves and the nature and each other. Yeah. Perfect. So some wrap-up questions then. I'm interested to know for the both of you, so as veterans of this route, uh, what's your favourite season to go in? In terms of uh, seasons, then uh, the nice thing about uh, southwest Norway is that you have very distinct seasons. So every season has something to offer you. So we've had uh, people coming back several times because they wanted to see Norway both in summer and spring and winter and, and, and autumn. Um, what I like about the, the winter time uh, is that it's less crowded at Pikestone, very few people. Um, the days are shorter in, in terms of daylight, but you get the more of a the dance of the lights through the loose short. Loose short means short of lights uh, with reason. If you're into photography, which we are, especially Alan, who is a very good photographer, um, then it's very nice to, to, to visit us outside the summer season where the, where the sun is very high up in the sky and everything kind of turns into the same yeah, uh, light. And then in the, in the low season, you get uh, uh, very different light shows like the one uh, behind me, although that's not 100% fair because that's actually a, a, a picture of the, the sunrise uh, hike that we also do to avoid uh, the people that hike the main uh, main trail in summer 
Yeah. And, and Alan? Uh, well, uh, so honestly, I don't have a favorite because every season has its own thing that it offers. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've I've racked my brain. I get this question all the time. I've tried to think of like what is the the time that I'm happiest. But by the time I'm tired of one season, the next one comes around, and they all have their different reasons for being brilliant. Um, especially Pekistulen, uh, because that hike, uh, it's very varied. The nature types you have, um, the the views. Uh, it's so, so in the winter. You yeah, you have this. This uh, uh, quiet, this you know, the the snow dampens sounds on its own and uh, uh, and and creates a very hushed tone. But uh, in the in the springtime, you have the birds returning, so you have nice sounds instead of no sound. You have these new flowers coming out. The 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 colours of just the 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 green, the iridescent green of birch trees when they first sprout their leaves. It's it's and the light catches that. That's absolutely outstanding in the summertime if you get nice nice temperatures you get long days of, of this lasting twilight in the night that you get in this southern part of norway and and the in the autumn you get this dramatic light changes that johannes talked about um and the, you know the foliage turns yellow um it's it's and you get these this you get more crispness in the air so you, you it feels more fresh outside uh, and and the air is more clear. You get less haze, so it's yeah. It's it's honestly, you just you you can't you can't go wrong with with seasons. Um, it's uh, it's brilliant. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, that that was that. You, you, I, I was really in on that description then. <laughs> Took me away from the podcast. Um, uh, well, listen, that's fantastic. Handy to know. For what it's worth, I went in November, and I really liked it. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually really glad I, t- I took. Uh, I took. I actually went with Outdoor Life Norway because I saw lots of people who rocked up who were at my level of hiking knowledge at the time, and they didn't bring spikes. Uh, some of them didn't bring any ankle high boots. There weren't loads of people. I liked, like you said, I liked that it was quite serene. And at one point, we had the whole top to ourselves. Um, but I, I must have seen two or three people, and bear in mind it really wasn't that busy, so that's a lot of people, I absolutely stack it on the rock because they uh, they hadn't brought any spikes or the appropriate clothes. And, and and two people came up, and the rain came in, because they're obviously 604 metres up, the, the, the clouds are moving a bit closer to you. Mm. Um, and actually a bit further down, I saw I saw one on top of the opposite, but that's a different anecdote. But... Um, <laughs> But I saw two people coming up as well, really friendly. They were from Britain as well, and they didn't bring the right clothes. One of them was in a T-shirt, and he was soaked through. So, so yeah, I'm really glad. Uh, for what it's worth, November, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And I'm really glad I took you guys. So, actually, yeah, thank you. From me, thank you, anyway. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah perfect. Anyway, thank you very much, folks, for coming on and talking about Pipe Stolen. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks for listening. That was a really good podcast. I enjoyed sitting with Outdoor Life Norway to talk about the hike. And it was nice to reminisce about what I did last November. They've got a great little shop at the car park as well, which I found useful. They were selling souvenirs and any gear that wasn't included or you didn't bring, uh, you could rent or buy it from there too. And of course, the cafe. My God, after that hike, it was so nice to sit down with the food there. I got the, I got the food package, so that was, that was nice to sit down and have a quick snack. 
I hope you enjoyed the podcast though. I hope you got some good information. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe or follow so that you don't miss another one. Share with a friend if you would like to as well. That's how we're going to grow and spread the love. But otherwise, I hope you have a fantastic day and I will see you in the next episode.